Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back in to ATLN's United Podcast. This is season two of ATLN's United Podcast, episode 17. No one's really keeping track. Joe is getting back from his honeymoon. I think he's in transit. So I'm Blake, the Marshman, joined this week by co-host slash producer, Britt. What's up, Britt? What's up, man? Just living the all the soccer this past two weeks. Yeah, tons of international soccer, tons of Atlanta United moving forward in the U.S. Open Cup. We're into the round of eight. That's the quarterfinals, I think. Not that great at math. Either way, we're ready for this episode. Let's get a quick message from Miles Robinson. I'm Miles Robinson. Hello to all my ATLians. You guys are keeping up with soccer. ATLN's United. We took a little bit of an international break, and there's been tons of international soccer going on, like I said earlier. And Britt, it's been a big week for the U.S. national team. The women are in the World Cup. U.S. men's national team finally won a game. Who knew? Against Guyana. Did I say Guyana? that right? Guyana? Guyana? Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. But either way, I mean, they won 4-0. Zardes, I mean, I guess we're going to count that as a goal. He had like a rebound off of his forehead that went in. But you know what? He got a goal, so we'll I take think it. He was, uh, I think he got concussed from scoring the goal. He was holding his head afterwards. If you guys didn't see it, it was a rocket shot deflection that bounced right off of his head into the net. Hey, we'll take it. U.S. men's national team will take any goals we can get. We're back on track. Uh, let's talk about the women's national team just tearing through the group stages of the World Cup. They win their first game 13 to nothing. Alex Morgan scores five goals and gets three assists. So she had her hand in eight goals this game. Uh, then we played Chile, one against them, three nothing. And then just yesterday, we knocked Sweden out two to nothing, qualified for the knockout stages. Uh, U.S. women's national team is looking like the team to beat this World Cup, obviously hosted in France. France has got a strong team. Italy's got a strong team. It's going to come down to the wire, but you got to say the women are the, the favorites right now, Britt. Oh, yeah. I mean, they didn't even have a single goal scored against them in this group stage. And so, you know, we exited out first. So we're playing Spain Monday the 24th at 11 a.m. And I, I just, I, I mean, there are some really good teams that we haven't played yet. So I don't know how strong our group was. But still, it just really shows like how great their program is. So it's it's always good to see the U.S. women play. Um, but there's honestly so much international soccer on. I mean, there's also uh, the Copa Americas going on right now. Yeah, Copa America is well underway. Some traditional powerhouses have been struggling. Uh, I know I've seen Brazil draw a game. Argentina has drawn to uh, a lot of the powerhouses struggling in this tournament. Uh, and Joseph Martinez, one of our own, finally got some action against Brazil they got a big 0-0 draw against Brazil. Brazil actually had two goals called back because of VAR. So some VAR controversy, as always. It's it's a great tournament to watch. That's going on. We got the Gold Cup going on with the U.S. men's national team. 
So it's the international tournament for you guys just kind of catching up. Um, you know, the Copa America covers all of South America. The Gold Cup covers all of like basically, you know, North America, Mexico and down. So just exciting times. Uh, a lot of international cups going on. Obviously, the biggest one right now, the Women's World Cup. But let's talk about another cup, Britt. It's the U.S. Open Cup. And it's what we've honestly need to catch up on in terms of Atlanta United. That's why everyone's tuned in. We get back-to-back wins, most recently knocking off the crew 3-2 to two with a rain delay. And guess who is on fire? No one would have ever predicted this guy's on fire. And I cannot believe it. I couldn't be happier to see this come to fruition. But, you know... Who scored all these goals, Britt? I mean, it's it's unbelievable to say. Mr. Brandon Vasquez, the man who is not seeing a single minute in the MLS play, has scored four goals so far in the U.S. Open Cup. It's crazy. He is has a brace both games. He is he is killing the game. Killing the game. Uh, one of our own too. Miles Robinson gets a header last game. Um, you know, so him and Vasquez combined for the three-two win. Long rain delay. Then we held on defensively to win the game in columbus that's following the closed stadium game we had up in kennesaw where we had to come back to beat the charleston battery uh he vasquez also had two goals that game barco's back on the team so he's returned from the u20 world cup i thought he played a great game against columbus so him and vasquez not only are getting along on the field which if you guys followed uh the instagram drama of last year that's really good to see but they're scoring goals they're playing well together and uh, honestly, this has been this has been fantastic. I mean, two uh, subpar attendance uh, games, two subpar opponents, arguably, but we get both wins: one with an empty stadium, one on the road, and we've moved on to the quarterfinals. Next game's going to be up in Kennesaw. This time, they're actually going to let people into the stadium, and I think we're playing St. Louis. So, a good chance to advance to the final four of this tournament. All right, so let's go into the rumors. Uh, always some rumors speculating around Atlanta United. Uh, first one, just to kind of address, there have been some rumors going around Barco possibly transferring, and Darren Niels has come out and said he will definitely be here until the end of the season. There's actually no doubt about that. So to me, that's reassuring. It's great to see him actually blossom into the player that we you know, were hoping that he was going to be last year. And so I'm, I'm really happy to hear that the front office isn't going to you know, sell him. Yeah, and I mean this is this is fantastic news. Uh, Barco has played his tail off this season so far. He's playing really, really well. Like you said, he's kind of finally come into his own. He's become the player we thought he was going to be, and it's good to hear. Obviously, the leader of our club come out and say he's definitely staying till the end of the season. You know, we're still following the same model, Britt. Like we're gonna develop players and we're gonna sell them to Europe and make a profit, but we want to be that breeding ground for top European talent. I think Barco will end up in Europe at a top team, but we need to enjoy him while he's here, and it's great to know that he'll be here through the end of the season. Yeah, it, no, it's great. I, I think Barco is is playing on fire, and I'm glad that we have him back. I mean, I'm, went, I'm glad that he went and represented Argentina in the U20 World Cup, but I am glad that he is back with Atlanta United and right when we need him because we've got a bunch of stretches of games um, coming up. Um, Gressel, moving on to Gressel Mania, uh, he was asked on Twitter – that would he play for the U.S. men's national team if he was called up? And he said, most likely, yes, because I love this country. What do you think about that, Blake? I think it's fantastic. Obviously, Germany is a powerhouse on the international stage. Gressel's a great player, but if we're being honest, he's not going to ever make the starting lineup for the German national team. 
He's lived in the U.S. a long time. You know, went to school here. I know his wife is from the U.S. He recently got his green card. I'm right on that one, right? I know we've had green card difficulties in the past. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is just like something that I'd love to see. I don't know if he'd actually be eligible, but he said, yes, I love this country. That's great to hear. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll see Gressel put on the U.S. men's national team jersey one day. That'd be fantastic. I really need him to prove it. He needs to get a American flag just tattooed right on his arm that says mom beneath it. And then I'll be like, you know what? Yeah, you're American. You're welcome. You can come in <laughs> play for our team. <laughs> yeah. And then, then he'd fit right in like Panama City spring break. Uh, exactly. Beer yeah. in hand. He already has that covered. Yeah. Let's go full redneck. Right. Exactly. Um, well, the MLS today, or I'm sorry, yesterday, I did release um, the MLS All-Star players, at least some of them, the ones that affect Atlanta United. I was a little surprised by the ones that got voted in. It was um, Guzan, LGP, Barco, and Petey Martinez. I was a little surprised by Petey, um, honestly. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see him there too. I think it might be more one of those cases where it's the name over how he's performed. He's still a really big international name, a big international player. And, you know, sometimes that's how these all-star games work across every sport. Uh, you know, whether it's NBA, MLB, you a lot of times just see the big names get voted in, even if they haven't had the best seasons. Uh, see, so we still have the coaches in the MLS that can bring players in. I expect them to bring Joseph Martinez into that. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. Interesting that PD was picked to, uh, to be in the all-star team, but glad that he's representing. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. If Joe was here, he'd knock on his wooden hammer. Uh, hope nobody gets hurt, but good to see some representation. At least it's not too much representation right now. Well, we'll see once the MLS and the coaches pick, we'll see. I do think Joseph will, will make that, but you know, I, I was surprised that the fans didn't vote Joseph in, but it could have been one of those things where, you know, they only take so many from each team anyway. So, you know, I'm not really sure exactly because even Miles Robinson was up for question. So I don't know. We'll see what, what actually comes. I think the game is July 30th or late July. Have you seen these jerseys? These like, they're so purple. It's like, God, they look like an Orlando jersey, honestly. Yeah, not looking forward to seeing our players in purple. That, uh, that kind of hurts and is, Isn't it in Orlando this year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so That's rough. Hey, we got it last year. We'll deal with it. <laughs> we'll survive. All right, Blake. Well, you know, we've talked about kind of all the, the, the main points of the news. We've got a lot to talk about this episode. So I say we move on to your favorite section. Let's do it. Injuries. What's hurting? Injury report. Injury. Injury. Injury report. Woo. Injuries. Favorite section. We got some players back, which is always good news on the injury front. I know that Brandon Vasquez has returned to the lineup. He's obviously scoring goals. He's back healthy. Uh, Mikey Ambrose is also back training with the team, so we should see an appearance from Mikey at left back pretty soon. And uh, Chris Goslin is back. Well, yeah, weirdly, Blake, did you notice that Ambrose was on the original 11 for the, the Charleston battery game that got uh, rescheduled? He was actually on the starting 11, and then he he didn't play. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah, weird stuff. Uh, Ambrose has been battling knee injuries. He's back. Uh, speaking of battling injuries too um Bello still out still injured our other left back that we thought was really going to kind of flourish this year come up into the first team stake a place in our starting lineup he got some great playing time last year and don't really know what's wrong with Bello he's got some long-term injuries 
maybe they're just trying to get him 100% healthy before they test his body again, but love to see George Bella back out there. And uh, we also saw Kevin Kratz taking off the MLS injury report. So maybe Kratz is on his way back in. Uh, Vasquez is on his way back in. And our last player heard is Tito. And it looks like the latest news is that they're checking to see if he's going to be able to play for Toronto. Um, Still questionable as of right now, but on injury report, couldn't be better news. It's all about players coming back. No fresh injuries. So I think we should just jump into recapping the last two Open Cup games. Both of these games were were fun to watch because I do feel like in general, like our offense, like we were making connections and it was just it was really good to see Brandon Vasquez back and really embracing that striker role. I, I really feel like this is the best that he has played in a while. Honestly, it's not often that I say Brandon Vasquez has come out here and killed it. So good for him. Yeah, and I mean, Vasquez coming back, like I don't think anyone really expected this. I don't think anyone even, you know, thought he was going to make the starting lineup. He he comes in, we get a double assist and goal. Um, Justin Miram finally getting some play time, assisting to Vasquez. Yeah, they have like a, they had a great connection, right? I mean, two goals back to back, and an assist and a goal from from Justin uh, Miram. I think that there was just a, it was a really cool connection. It's good to see our players that have that kind of chemistry. So obviously, they both started at the next Open Cup game against the Columbus crew. So I think, you know, I think it's just good to see that kind of chemistry with those guys. You know, Romario Williams, he did get a goal too, but he was all business. Because if you guys watched this game, it did go into um, extra time. We did a whole second period. Romario scored a goal and then didn't even celebrate. He just like grabbed it and like put it back on the half line. Or, you know, he was just like, let's do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were coming back. We were down early in this game. Uh, obviously this game was played in an empty stadium. Like I mentioned earlier, I know Larry had the quote that it was like an old MLS game, kind of throwing shade at the MLS before people came to games before people watch games, but (laughs) Ambrose looked great coming back. Um, or not Ambrose rather, but Vasquez looked great coming back. It was a hard fought win. We were down for a long time. We had to go into extra time, win the game three, one, and we roll on to a rainy game in Columbus. Yeah. I mean, what is that like? Just the MO for Columbus, it just has to rain cats and dogs. I mean, it just like came down. And what I thought was so funny is like, I felt like the rain had kind of subsided a little bit. And then they're like, oh, but it's a weather break. And all the players were like, are you kidding? (laughs) We've been playing for 70 minutes in this downpour and now you're going to call it off. Uh, Yeah, I'm soaking wet. (laughs) And now it's time to like, it didn't, um, Carlton had like just come on too. He was like doing this whole field thing and then they called it. He's like, oh man, the momentum. Yeah. And I know uh, it was driving you insane. The announcer kept saying Vasquez. Uh, That was pretty annoying. I was like, dude, it's like not that hard of a name. It's Vasquez and (laughs) Vasquez. Oh, Vasquez with the brace. I was like, oh, geez, man. Yeah. (laughs) And the other announcer was saying it correctly. So I kept thinking that he was going to correct her, but he never did. And obviously, like you said earlier, this guy goes from not playing and being injured to scoring four goals in two games. No one saw that coming. We mentioned earlier, Miles Robinson got his first Atlanta United goal assisted by Barco on a corner. This was, this was a fun game. I mean, we went at 3-2. Brad has an own goal that he somehow knocks a ball that was across into our own net. Vasquez gets two. Robinson gets one. We move on to the final eight, and we got a great shot to win this cup, and we haven't been in this position before. No, it's a great position. I mean, we're playing um, at home-ish 
homish uh, Kennesaw. And if you guys didn't know, the tickets uh, did go on sale yesterday to the mass public. So if you guys want to go to that game, um, it's July 10th and we're playing St. Louis FC. They beat Cincinnati one Oh. So I think we have a really good shot at beating these guys. Um, and you know, going into the semifinals and, you know, that's exciting. Cause you know, like we said a couple times before the open cup, if you win the open cup, it's just another chance into getting into CONCACAF, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that would be huge for the program. It'd be huge, not just for, you know, us this year, because the Supporter Shield is a little ways off, as, as well as LAFC has been playing in the MLS. This might be our best shot to get back into the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, but it's also just a shot for another trophy for our club's history. And it's short history. We've only won one cup so far. You know, as, as they say, kind of internationally, you want to collect as much silverware as possible. I'll take any trophy we can get. And this is a really cool tournament. It's pretty much every team, uh, you know, in, in North America that, that plays in this. Like little tiny clubs have a shot to make it all the way up. Um, we played a smaller team in Charleston and then, you know, beat an MLS opponent in Columbus. And, and now we're back down um, to a lower league team in St. Louis. So who knows who's going who's gonna to show up and who we're going to roll out. But I think it should be a fun game up in Kennesaw. And I expect to see an awesome crowd. And yeah, shot at the final four of any tournaments. Fantastic place to be. Well, and you know, I'm hoping by the time we play this next game, and we, we have had a, a decent break for a lot of our starters. And um, But just the, the way the condensed schedule this year for the MLS, I mean, everything has to be played. And we, we have a lot more. I'm sure you guys have noticed a lot more Wednesday games just between uh, the Open Cup in the beginning of the season, the CONCACAF Champions League, and then now they're trying to condense us with the MLS. So it's good to get this break, but we do have a lot of stuff coming up. And But I think that we're on a, on a good run. We're in good form. And I think it says something that we're playing well without arguably our best player in Joseph Martinez. Yeah. You know, it's great. And and I, I, I think it's awesome. You know, uh, Frank DeBoer came out and said, he said, I think it's a great achievement for Brandon. It's good when you know that when Joseph isn't here, you can replace him quite well. And I think that that's huge because not every team has. I mean, honestly, before these past couple games, I was always, you know, Romario, even though he can play well, and I think that he is a good player. I think that there's something that, about our system and the way we play that doesn't necessarily mesh with him that well because he doesn't seem to succeed how I want him to succeed on the first team. He does well on the second team. But he doesn't really always – it doesn't transfer over to the first team very much. So yeah. it's really good to see Brandon Vasquez, you know, succeed and and have these goals and and, and be an, a legitimate replacement if something happened to Joseph. Yeah, and I don't think anyone saw it coming either. I thought everyone thought Romario was the nailed-on backup striker. Obviously, he played against his old team, the Charleston Battery. He got a goal that game. But I just think Vasquez is a more dynamic player. You know, Romario is a little bit clunky. If you will, he's tall, he's strong, but his first touch can let him down. And what we've seen from Vasquez has just been sharpness up top. He's taking great touches, and he scored some great goals, put away some tough finishes, and yeah, it's got me all excited. Yeah, I mean, those two goals he had against the Columbus crew, right? You know, the first one was a was kind of a defensive error, but he, he just kind of was there and aggressive with that center back and won the ball back and had a 1v1 with the goalie and put it away. And he didn't dribble too much like I feel like a lot of our other guys do. It was it was kind of a, a one-touch and he was, you know, it was in the goal. And then the second goal that he had, I mean, that was like a zero-angle shot from the left side of the goal. I mean, what a, that was a great, 
great goal had like a sick burn on the defender down there and yeah just in general I think that the way that he was playing on the ball it it was like these past two games have been the Brandon Vasquez show and it's been fun to watch props to Brandon Brandon great job keep it up man excited to see you continue to develop especially with Joseph Martinez still absent and uh yeah cheers to Brandon Vasquez you know you know what we need Brett I need a beer beer of the week every week and uh, what do we got? The Brett, we got we got Atlanta staple Monday Night Brewing. Yeah, we're doing all y'all pale ale in um in honor of Pride Month. June is Pride Month. We're doing all y'all, and um, I love Monday Night Brewing's beer. Yeah, you know I think um we we don't have the Golden Spike this week, but why don't you go ahead and and count us an ATL and crack one open? Yeah, Blake. there you go. A T L. Could you even hear? Could you even hear me crack that open? Not at all. Oh, man. <laughs> Without Joe and his golden spike, it's just, I can't quite create the same the same force, <laughs> the same power that Joe brings every week. We need him back. He's so aggressive and just like passionate. And he just like really puts all that into his beer. So if you guys ever see him at a tailgate, you know, just ask him. He will 100% spike in a beer for you. He gets very enthusiastic about yeah. it. So You might lose half your um, beer, though. And- it might foam out nah. and lose half your beer. <laughs> <laughs> he's easy to spot too his jersey says atl joe so can't, <laughs> you guys can always find him can't miss him he's he's well aware of his of his self-declared nickname but yeah this is a great beer uh citra hops um it's a like tropical easy drinking it's pretty low abv uh great summer beer and yeah great great for this time of year all y'all pale ale we're gonna keep sipping on this guy and I know we got a lot more to cover because we got MLS coming back into play. First, Britt, let's go into our favorite section. It's time for some Total Tactics. Tactics. Tactics are great when they work. And what we've been seeing from Frank Dubor recently is, I don't, I don't know if it's, and this is more of a question for you, Britt. I don't know if it's that we're playing lesser competition recently in these last two cup games, but scored three goals each game. Attacking-wise, even without Joseph Martinez, I've, I felt like you know we've, we've been connecting more in the final third. We've been creating more chances, taking lots of shots on goal. I mean, dare I say that his tactical system, his total football, that combination of possession, and it can be a little bit methodical at times, but you got to have the the attackers players really, really syncing up. I, I just feel like it's starting to click with, with the team, even with some of our, you know, second tier players, I feel like they're getting the system. I mean, what are you seeing out there? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think so. I think that it was, I don't think that there was any way that our guys were going to get and embrace this new system within a couple months or two, like people were expecting and getting upset with Frank. I mean, but now we're about six months into his system. And I think that that is enough time for players to kind of get used to, Um, this fast pace holding possession and then also kind of to win back some of that chemistry that they had last year. I think that it was a really big change not having Miguel in the midfield. I mean, he was a really, he was such a central guy in that transition from offense to defense or, you know, defense to offense on those fast breaks. And that's kind of what we scored the majority of our goals on last year. I mean, that's how we, we did that fast paced soccer and you know, I think it was a really big transition losing him. So I think that it's a mixture of, you know, getting used to Frank and his tactics and how he wants to play, but then also 
finding a way to cope without Miguel because we're not we don't have a direct replacement with PD or Barco, right? And Barco, frankly, has been gone the past seven games. Yeah. So we've I think that we've really adjusted even without Barco, which I think is great because now that he's back, we can do even better. Yeah, I, I just think we have options, and what it's great to see is these role players, these players, like I said, that don't get a lot of time in terms of regular MLS action. They're getting out there. They're executing a system. We're still maintaining a high level of possession, but we're creating even more chances. Uh, so great to see from Brandon Vasquez. Great to see players like Justin Miram come in and get some assists. I, I just think it bodes well for the future as Tito gets healthy, as Barco comes back into the fray. And then also Joseph is going to come back from Copa America eventually. Probably won't be back for Toronto, but no telling when Venezuela gets knocked out of that tournament. Um, they could still make the group stages. So it's it's tough to predict at this point when we'll get Joseph back, but I think we got some options. Uh, you know, Petey Martinez, he's still he's still to be decided if we've even seen half of the best of Petey. I think he could really flourish the second half of the season. So I'm just happy to see our players embracing this system. Frank DeBoer seems to have a little bit of swagger about him. He's always dressed sharp, but he just seems to get the players buying in at this point. And I think this Open Cup run came at a really good point for our team to boost some players that are normally on the bench, boost their confidence and get the whole team bought into a system. Well, there's a few things that make me really confident about the rest of the season, right? One thing that Frank focuses on is youth. And I think that we've seen that. I think that there have been players that have developed this year that would not have been comfortable playing or didn't necessarily perform as well under Tata. And I'm not saying it's Tata. I'm just saying that he has flourished. Brandon Vasquez, um, Robinson is a huge example. You know, Robinson is arguably one of our best players this year. And he's not someone that I would have considered a starter last year. So, you know, I don't know if we can give that all to Frank, but I do think it's good to see the youth kind of develop. And then two, is that he has such a focus on defense. So if you look at our defense, even though I would consider left back probably our weakest position, in general, I think that our defense is very, very, very solid. And if you remember the first couple games this season, we we got we put Brad in a lot of 1v1 positions because our defenders got beat because they were playing too high up. And we've really kind of eliminated that. We don't do that as much anymore, really. And that's why we have eight clean sheets this season. And so to me, the weak point has been our offense. So to see our offense kind of finally getting that stride puts us into kind of a whole team um, connectivity. Like I feel like we're really firing on all cylinders now. Yeah, great to see. Excited to see the team continue to develop under under Frank and, and keep on working on this system. Uh, and we're going to see it in action against Toronto. Coming up here, it's it's right around the corner. It's going to be you know a Wednesday game. Um, it's going to be the twenty sixth, so we're we're like five days away from some action. Um, it's going to be a night game. It's going to be a fun one. And let's uh, let's go ahead. Let's preview this game, Britt. All right, guys. So Toronto, there's a, there's a lot of stuff to talk about with Toronto, but but really the the main things that we're going to kind of talk about on this preview is that they are at a very big disadvantage because they are missing six of their players to international duty, Blake. Yeah, and this is huge. Six. This is huge. We're only missing one. Yeah, and they're missing they're missing big ones. I mean, they're missing their striker, Josie Altador. They're missing Michael Bradley, Omar Gonzalez. I mean, they're, they're missing just key players to their lineup that I think 
is going to kind of hemorrhage them. And we're really going to see how this plays goes into effect because they're actually playing on Saturday against FC Dallas, which is another strike against them because they have less time to rest between our Wednesday game. Yeah, and, and Toronto is just one of those teams that we've kind of grown to hate. Uh, I know that when they had Giovinco, um, he scored some great free kicks against us. Always seemed to draw or lose to Toronto. Uh, and, and this would just be nice to just come out here and stomp them um, and, and, and really like put our foot down. This could launch us, you know, not back into the lead, but it put us back on pace to go into the lead. We're still in fourth place, but we got two games in hand on the Union. They're at 31 points. We're at 26 points. We win our next two games, and we're on pace for first place. So big game for us. Toronto's lagging behind a little bit. They're all the way down in seventh. Uh, and and I just think, <laughs> you know, for us, we got to come out guns blazing. We can beat these guys. They're missing a lot of players. Obviously, Omar Gonzalez, Michael Bradley, um, they have a lot of Canadian defenders um and they're missing out so this is the time to come in there's one guy we really got to watch out for um it's gonna be you know i guess it's tough to say who their x factor is uh without the players they have uh but i i think that i expect fc dallas to win this game i mean fc dallas is unbeaten at home and they're playing at fc dallas and then obviously with us traveling in, I, I just think it's going to be a prime time for for us to win the game. And you know, I don't I don't think there's anything that we have to lose here. We should go all out. I expect us to get three or four goals, hopefully. Yeah, I, you know, I think with Josie Altador out, I think they're going to have to rely a little bit more on Terrence Boyd, which he only has two goals for the season. He only has 240 minutes. He's I would definitely not say that he is a veteran player, but they don't really have another striker um, to really lean back on, um, especially because. And you're gonna to have to pronounce this guy's name for me. En Canola. It's uh, En Canola. En Canola. That works. <laughs> I, I, He's we need injured. Joe so. To translate. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, but, but he's injured. Josie Alter is out. So really, I mean, Terrence Boyd is kind of their, you know, their kind of go-to. So I don't know. You you can always get like, for example, Brandon Vasquez. I don't know that if I was scouting Atlanta United, I would have really considered Brandon Vasquez a really big threat. So, you know, it, people can, um, can definitely shine, especially when they know that they have to in order to kind of earn starting positions. But yeah, they're missing key, key you know, key players. And I think, I think in general, Toronto is... It's kind of a weird team for me, honestly, Blake, because, you know, they won the Supporter Shield. They won the MLS Cup. And then they just totally fizzled. I know we've talked about this a bunch, but they just totally fizzled in 2018, right? They had a terrible season. But weirdly, the MLS announced their top 10 MLS salaries, and Toronto had three players on the top 10 list. Yeah. For that kind of money, they should be phenomenal. Yeah. And I, it's crazy to me that they are yeah, not. I mean, it, players reflected, obviously, international names get paid more money. You, everyone knows you're allowed a certain amount of designated players in the MLS, so you can only have so many high-paid players. Um, and, and Toronto spends a lot of money on their high-paid players. They're spending $6 million a year on Michael Bradley, uh, almost $5 million a year on Josie Altidore. And then, you know, Alejandro Pozuelo, which is so much fun to say, he's making $4 million a year almost. Only person making more money is Zlatan than Michael Bradley. And I just don't think he's at the level that <laughs> deserves that pay. Uh, and and it, it's just funny to see. I'd rather have a complete team 
with salaries more evenly spread out than three high-paid players that you're pretty much putting all your eggs in one basket. I think that might be what Toronto's done here. Well, it's cra- well. first off, these are just salaries. These are not guaranteed compositions. So a lot of these guys are compositions, compensation. So a lot of these guys are making more than that. But to me, like Michael Bradley being the second highest paid player in the MLS seems, I mean, I guess he's that good of a player. He's not. I don't, I mean, he's I consider not. other, I'll just be honest. <laughs> okay. He's, well, I'm he's glad not you that good. <laughs> he's not good. I, I think now Zlatan, you know, Zlatan is a universe. He owns, you know, he is the lion. So it makes sense to me, but Michael Bradley is, you know, I just think that there are other players out there that, that, really should get paid more. I mean, Joseph Martinez was number nine on this list for 3 million and he is our highest paid player right now. So, and you look at Atlanta United, Atlanta United has kind of been, you know, really the playbook on how to build an MLS expansion. And the fact that our highest paid player is number nine on the list is like, well, we're still, I guess we're spending money on transfers, not necessarily paying the players. Right. Cause, because PD, what do we pay? 16, 17 million for his transfer, but he's only making 900,000. Yeah. So it is a little confusing, right? When how much they make versus how much we transfer. But still, Toronto should be killing yeah. the game with three out yeah. of the top I mean, 10. These are older players, too. You got to realize Atlanta United's model, we're trying to buy youth talent that we can sell on in the future. We're investing high in the transfer fees because we believe these players are going to develop and be worth more money at the end of the day. Michael Bradley, his value is not going up. Josie Altador, his value is not going up. And so they're stuck with some aging players. Going to be interesting to see Toronto in the next three to five years where this thing goes. Because once Michael Bradley, Josie Altidore, these these leaders of their team kind of roll out, are they going to invest heavily again? Or will they go to more of a youth system? Um, Something to watch, something to see. Either way, I'm super excited to get Atlanta United soccer back on the calendar, especially in MLS. And uh, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, it's it's a Wednesday night game. It's always weird schedule-wise. Uh, it's going to be in Toronto, 8 p.m., but I couldn't be more excited. Don't think we'll have Joseph, but I, I trust in our team, and I, I think we're going to come out with the W here. I definitely think we're going to come out with a win. I think that it, it hurts them a lot that they have a game on Saturday. I think it hurts them a lot that they're missing a lot of their players when we're really only missing Joseph, and we've already proved that we do have a replacement for him you know, while he's gone. So I definitely think that we're going to come out guns blazing, ready to win. You know, I, I would say score prediction for me, just throwing it out there. I think it's going to be, I really think we're going to have another clean sheet. And I think we're going to score three goals. Three nothing would be, I think, our biggest win of the season in the MLS. We've gotten a lot of one nothing. We got a lot of two nothing. Let's go out there and just score some goals. Keep our same intensity. Keep our same attack. I know we're going to be solid defensively. We can shut these guys down without their big players. It's a, uh, it's something that I think it's just a beautiful opportunity for us to set ourselves up for the rest of the season. Get through this international break. Get Joseph back. Our team's getting healthy at the right time. And let's go, let's go take down Toronto. Let's do it. And, and let's kind of end this podcast. Let's do a, a quick thing from uh, listener mail. All right. This one, I know we're a little late to the game with this one, but this, this was a question that was asked us and we really wanted to debate it on the podcast. The U.S. women won 13 to zero against Thailand. Should they have stopped scoring or celebrating after they started dominating. I got mixed opinions on this. One, I think after you get up 10 nothing, maybe a high five is all that's needed. Uh, it's the World Cup. It's the biggest stage. It's our first game. These are what 
these women have trained for their entire life is to get on this stage. And the euphoria of scoring a goal on the biggest stage in the opening match of the World Cup for this team, it's just pure passion. Passion came out, and it was exciting to see. Every goal we scored, they went nuts. And some people might have said it was disrespectful. I think they picked the players up from Thailand after the game. I thought they encouraged them. I didn't have a problem with it. In a regular season game, or if this is just like a friendly or something, and they were going that crazy, I would think, okay, this is a little unsportsmanlike. But to be honest, I loved it. I'd like keep scoring goals. You're in the World Cup. This is your stage. And yeah, that's my opinion on it. I loved it. Keep celebrating. Let's celebrate all the way to another U.S. Women's World Cup title. I couldn't agree more. I think boo freaking who you internet keyboard warriors. I people just need to find something to be upset about all the time. And honestly, good for the women. And not only did they win 13-0, they broke a record. They broke so many records in that game. They, Alex Morgan um, tied for most goals scored in a game. They beat the record for most goals scored total 13. And some of these girls, it was the, not only their first World Cup, the first time they had ever scored. Are you really expecting them to not celebrate? And 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 frankly, gold differential matters in a tournament of this size. So I just think that really it came down to people wanting to complain over something that really didn't need to be complained about. They should just be thankful that they're in the World Cup because it's nice to be able to cheer for your country yeah. for once. Public freakout, crisis averted, bring it home, U.S. women. We're cheering for you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's let's bring the World Cup home, back to the States. Let's get a win up in Toronto. I'm excited to watch soccer this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Britt, thanks for being such a great co-host and filling in while ATL Joe has been lounging on a beach. Yeah, well, I wish I could be lounging on a beach, but unfortunately, uh, I have to keep talking yeah, to you, Blake. I know. Well, it's almost over. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Joe will be back. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating some more wins. And uh, yeah, catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Number one, yeah. would you take us for? Yeah. Got a shout out off the blade, send the call.